For those of you that, if we haven't met, I'm Pastor Tony Rognes, Campus Life Pastor here, and I have the privilege today of, of taking the next installment of our series on the Lord's Prayer. The particular phrase or petition that we're going to take a look at and think through today is that part of the prayer that says, give us this day our daily bread. I grew up in a home with a a mom who had been a teacher before my siblings and I were born, and uh, that house was fascinated, well, actually the people in the, the house wasn't, but the people in the house were fascinated with language. So words were important as I grew up, and I grew up with all kinds of uh, phrases and, and idioms and, and all kinds of uh, kind of parts of language that we used all the time. Some of those idioms that we used all the time made perfect sense for me. So, for example, one of them would be, till the cows come home. So it would get used like this. I could do this until the cows come home, and it wouldn't matter. Or, or we could keep on until the cows come home, and we still wouldn't get done. And it made sense to me because we had cows. And if you didn't milk them in the evening... If you didn't go out to the pasture and bring them in to milk them, they'd show up because they were uncomfortable and needed to be milked. So I got this. The cows, till the cows come home, made sense. My mom also did a lot of canning. So I heard people say that someone was really in a pickle. It made sense to me. I'd seen what happened to cucumbers when you put them in the brine, and I thought... I. I don't really want to be in a pickle, you know? I kind of got that. One of the phrases that I never really got was when people said, oh, that's the greatest thing since sliced bread. That never made sense to me. My mom had rheumatoid arthritis, so she couldn't knead bread dough. So almost all of the bread in the house when I was growing up was bought and sliced bread. And I had a friend whose mom made all the bread from scratch. And I thought, what's so great about sliced bread? That homemade bread was awesome. So that never made any sense to me. Uh, A little later on, My mom, our local grocery store started carrying the frozen loaves of bread dough so my mom could make fresh bread. And every once in a while, you'd come in the house and you'd smell the fresh bread. Some of you, your mouth just started to water because you've smelt that too. And, and in our house, we fought over the heel of fresh bread. So if you were one of the first two people there, you could cut off the heel of the loaf And the heel was best because it would hold more butter. (laughs) So you put butter on it, maybe a little sugar, and that was wonderful. So I never got this greatest thing since sliced bread. It, It didn't make sense to me. 
Well, in this, in this section on the Lord's Prayer, give us today our daily bread. It's really about God's provision. And so I want to take a look at it today in light of that, God's provision. And I'm going to read some verses that come later in the, book of, in the, cha- in the same chapter of Matthew. Chapter 6 is where you see uh, Jesus teaching his followers the Lord's Prayer. And if we go a little further in that chapter, we come to this section. Chapter 6, starting with verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not the life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? Do you see the flowers of the field and how they grow? They don't labor and they don't spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what shall we wear? The pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you as well. I love having that phrase, as that, that, that verse as backdrop, and we're going to come back to that verse in a little bit, because... Because it connects to this petition. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm going to focus on those last three words of this petition for a little bit this morning. The first one I want to point out is the pronoun our. The two pronouns in this is give us our daily bread. Oftentimes when I pray this, I use the words us and our, but in my mind and in my heart, I'm often thinking as if I'm praying, give me this day my daily bread. And that's not completely inappropriate because I am a part of us. And my is a part of our, but it's really bigger than that. It's not just, God, give me stuff that I need. It's a prayer, Lord, would you come and give us, would you meet all of our needs? For those of you that were here last Sunday, you heard Pastor Doug talk about these earlier petitions about God be holy, God your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those petitions have both the aspect of coming to us and coming to others through us. Lord, your will be done in me 
And would your will be done through me? Lord, would your kingdom come to me? And would your kingdom come to others through me? This has the same kind of element to it. Lord, would you give me my daily bread? But when you give us our daily bread, would you use me to do that? You see, it's, it's wonderful to recognize God's provision for us, but oftentimes, God gives us the privilege of being a conduit for him to provide for others. It's not just me and my, it's us and ours. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. As we pray that, we can be mindful that that our next door neighbors or the people in our lives or in our sphere of influence who may not have enough, perhaps God wants me to be the conduit that through me he can provide for their daily needs, for their daily bread. The second, ver- or the second word in this phrase is the word daily. We pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. I, I found a, a, new, a new thing to be anxious about, a new thing to be worried about in terms of my daily bread, when six months ago, my wife Cindy and I closed on our house here in West Fargo. See, until that point, we had never owned a house. We'd always lived either where our employer had provided housing or we'd lived in rental housing. And when you live, when you rent a place, you know, when you rent a place, if things turn sour, you can kind of pack up the vehicle and drive away, right? And as I'm signing my name to the mortgage document, I realize I'm committing not just to provide the first mortgage payment, but I'm committing to make every mortgage payment from now till the end of the mortgage. And I found myself wanting to pray, Lord, don't give me this day my daily bread. Lord, give me decades of mortgage payments right now. But of course, he, he didn't do that. But my heart wants, wants to store up daily bread. I, I don't want just today's bread, but I'd like to have tomorrow's bread and maybe next week's bread in the freezer if I could. And I'm not saying let's not worry about providing for our needs. We need to be good stewards. We need to provide for our families. But in this prayer, in this petition, we're not saying, Lord, give me all the stuff I'm ever going to need right now, please. I was watching TV the other night and there was an ad that came on for Publishers Clearinghouse. They're giving away $5,000 a week for the rest of your life. I'd like God to do that for me. 
But that's not this prayer. This prayer is, Lord, I'll be satisfied with today's bread today. I learned that in a new way uh, when I was back in Bible school. This goes back a long time. I was 19 years old, and my job while I was at Bible college was to be an assistant dean at a boarding high school. So I had to live with the kids in the dorm of the high school. And I kind of felt like I was in college, and I didn't really want to hang out with sophomores in high school right now. But every time I went to my dorm, I was the guy in charge. Every time I went to my room, I was by myself. And it got overwhelming. And and I'll be really honest with you, I got about three weeks into this job and I thought, Lord, what have I done? And I started to feel like I was drowning, like I was withering on the vine, like, like I didn't know how to do this. I wasn't with who I wanted to be with. I wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing and I didn't know And I looked ahead to doing this for an entire school year, and I thought, oh, what have I done? I remember very vividly during that time, I I was on the phone with my mother. And she was asking how it was going, and and I kind of just left it all out there. Kind of told her that it wasn't going well, and I didn't know I didn't know if I could do this. And I remember at one point in time, I was kind of looking for advice. Mom, tell me how to do this. And I said, Mom, I don't think I have it in me to do this for eight more months. And my mom wisely said, well, of course you don't. And I thought, Mom, you're not helping I was looking for answers, and she said, well, of course you don't have what it takes for the next eight months. I said, Mom, help me with this. What do you mean? And she said, well, God hasn't given you what you need seven months from now. He may not have given you yet what you need tomorrow. And then I'll never forget, she said, she said, Tony, Do you have what it takes to be faithful in your job for the next 10 minutes? And I thought, piece of cake, 10 minutes? Yeah, I can do anything for 10 minutes. Yeah, mom, I can do this for 10 minutes, of course, and I'm still a little confused. And she said, then be faithful for the next 10 minutes and trust God for the 10 minutes after that. And I remember one of the next couple of days, I looked, I remember sitting at the desk. I was on duty, which meant I kind of had to be the guy in charge. And I was sitting at the desk and I looked at the clock and it was three minutes after the hour. And I thought, okay, I can do this till 13 after. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking at 13 after, I might resign and walk out of here. But I can do it for 10 more minutes. And at 13 minutes after, I looked at the clock and I said, I can do this for 10 more minutes. And the next time I looked at the clock, it was half past. 
And I realized God didn't give me what it took for the next 10 minutes. He gave me what I needed for the next 17. And 10 minutes and 17 minutes and 20 minutes at a time, I realized over that year that God never failed to give me what I need when I needed it. He didn't always give me what I need when I wanted it. But he was absolutely faithful 100% of the time to give me what I need when I needed it. I learned that I could trust him to be my provision all the time. And I can say now another 35 plus years after that, that is still true. He has never failed to be my provision. He has always given me each day, each moment, my daily bread without fail. The third of these words that I focus on is this third one, bread. Despite what I said at the beginning about how much I loved fresh bread, bread's not my most favorite food. Actually, I would prefer that God would give me each day my daily steak and eggs. That's what I'd really like to pray. I mean, that's when I pray, give me my daily bread, I'm kind of hoping for steak and eggs. Maybe bacon and eggs in the morning, steak and eggs later in the day. But, but that's not what I'm praying for. This isn't a prayer that God will give me everything I want. There was a song, I had to look it up. I haven't heard it for decades, but I couldn't get it out of my mind as I was thinking about this. It came out in the 1980s, never got a lot of airtime, but it was written by a guy who, who was talking about the way we pray. And he was humorously making a point. I'm going to read some of the lyrics. It starts out, Lord, I need to talk to you. There's so much on my heart. So many burdens make it hard and I don't know where to start. I thank you for my family, your mercy, and your love. Now on to more important things. I'll give my magic lamp a rub and the chorus is this. So give me this. I want that. Bless me, Lord, I pray. Give me what I think I need to make it through the day. Make me wealthy. Keep me healthy. Fill in what I miss on my never-ending shopping list. Lord, you've been so good to me, how could I ask for more? But since you ask, since you said to ask, I will. The cattle on a thousand hills all belong to you. I don't need any cows right now, but something else might do. Make me healthy, Keep me, make me wealthy, keep me healthy, fill in what I miss on my never-ending shopping list. Often we can approach God 
Not that we want our daily bread, but we want all of the stuff we want. And we, accom- and we sometimes, or at least I do, I shouldn't speak for you, but I sometimes come to the Lord as a spoiled little brat wanting my stuff. That's not this petition. This petition is, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, sustenance, all that I need for life and health. Give me that. It's a recognition that God not only loves me more than I can imagine, but he is perfectly aware of what I need. So let's go back to the birds and the flowers in John chapter 6. The last few verses here, starting at 31, do not be anxious or don't worry, saying, what do we eat or what do we drink or what do we wear? The pagans run after all of those things, and they do, don't they? Sometimes we do too. But your heavenly Father knows what you need. He knows that you need these things. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This last verse sometimes gets approached by people, myself occasionally included, and I think this is the formula. If I want all those things, I have to search. I have to seek the Lord first. And if I seek the Lord in his kingdom, then the right formula gets locked into place and I get all of this stuff. The reality is this is an invitation for us to let God do for us what he does for us. Let him provide in the day today. It's an invitation that allows us to seek first his kingdom. Not as a formula to get stuff, but seek first his kingdom because we already know our provision is in place. God has already made provision for us. We won't see it. Maybe we won't see tomorrow's provision till tomorrow. But knowing that his provision is secure, I can seek first the things that matter most. His petition, his righteousness, his kingdom. See, it fits into the Lord's prayer that way. Holy be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done in me and through me because I know my provision for my daily needs is in really good hands. So, let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are holy. We thank you that you have a will for our lives. We thank you that your kingdom is present and evident in us and through us. And Lord, we thank you that you have given us all that we need And your promise is secure and we can trust that you will provide all that we need. And so we pray, Lord, give us this day 
our daily bread. Let us trust in that so that we have the freedom to seek first you and your kingdom. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.